I got more at stake than filling. Shopping sprees, copping three. Dudes fever, I yes, it's fully loaded. Ah, yes. Bouncing in the Lex Luger. Tire smoke like Buddha. 50 G's to the crap shooter. Niggas can't fade me. Chrome stocks beaming. Through my peripheral, I see you scheming. Stop dreaming, I leave your body steaming. Niggas is fiending, what's the meaning? I'm leaning on any nigga intervening with the sound of my money machining. My cup runneth over with hundreds. I'm one of the best niggas that done it. Six stitches and running. Y'all niggas don't want it. I got the Godfather flow to Don well, hello there, everybody. Welcome back to episode number 10, the final episode, the final entry in our essential rap album journey. I'm your host, Jamie White. This is it, the new reviews. We are completing our first task together, and I wanted to take a moment to thank you who have been on this journey with me. Sorry at the lagging pace of the release of these episodes. Um, I did the best that I could. I'm sorry. Uh, the, you know, getting one out before the holidays is miraculous, as any of you uh, with families will know. A lot going on. But uh, wanted to get one out, um, see this thing through. We did it. It was killing me just having the one left. So here we are. We're about to dive into our 10th Essential album. Remember the first nine that we have already been through, we've seen, and this will be in the the previously ranked order from the bottom to the top. So at the bottom, we had Ready to Die by Notorious B.I.G., then Marshall Mathers LP by Eminem, The Chronic by Dr. Dre, and N.W.A. Straight Outta Compton, Public Enemy, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back, Nas, Illmatic, Wu-Tang, Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers, Tupac, All Eyes on Me, and then at the top spot, The Low End Theory by Tribe Called Quest has been by far the best. So, number 10, what is it? Well, we know what it is. We told us last time. It's Reasonable Doubt by Jay-Z. Reasonable Doubt came out in 1996. I could not have told you that Jay-Z was around in 1996. I think I remember seeing him appear on a Foxy Brown song. I think it was I'll Be Good. Remember the video for it? I think I was in high school, so yeah, I guess 96, okay, alright, yeah, maybe that was the case. I thought it might have been like 98, something like that. Um, so, Jay-Z is one of those rappers that a lot of people who are like in their 30s kind of say is the best ever. You have your people in their 40s who got to see people like, you know, Chuck D or KRS-One or... You know, even even Tupac or Ice Cube or anything like that. You know, they, they they like to throw those kind of names up there. You got this little corner generation here of these like thirty year old guys. They're like, nope, hands down, it's Jay Z. At least the ones who don't say Eminem, it's Jay Z. Um, so I always found that fascinating because everything that I always heard like his mainstream stuff, it never really did anything for me. I remember when Hard Knock Life came out, that song annoyed the shit out of me and everybody around us was just like in love with it. I just never understood it. A lot of what he's done just never really registered with me. So that's pretty much why this was the last album because I really wasn't looking forward to doing it just because I've never really 
enjoyed much of him at all. It's like little bits here and there. Um, but nonetheless, it made the list, so here we are. So we'll dive in. Reasonable Doubt, uh, like I said, released in 1996. This was Jay-Z's debut album. And it's he had kind of been around like touring this like, you know, in, within the circuit, you know, making a name for himself, you know, kind of, you know, latching on to little tours with slightly larger named rappers. And then he just, you know, he gets this Rockefeller record thing going and he releases his debut, which uh, apparently it sells at least two million. Sorry, the the units sold is like sketchy at best. Like sometimes they're like as of 2002, it sold two million like. Like, we don't have the technology to fucking count for 19 years. It's ridiculous. But so at least two million, um, you know, has a couple collab collaborations, um, you know, hand, handful of people that you're going to recognize, a couple samples, stuff you'll recognize. Um, yeah. So we'll get into it. We'll find out if my, you know, just unfavorable take and opinion of Jay-Z is warranted or not. So. My first Jay-Z album. So we kick it on. Start off with track number one. Uh, Can't Knock the Hustle. This was actually the third single released off of this album. There were four singles total. Can't Knock the Hustle was the third one. Um, in true rap album fashion, guess what this album starts off with, guys? I'll give you a couple seconds. And it's a skit. Yep, another fucking skit. Whew. I should re-rank them based on the length of the skit or lack of skit that opens these albums. It's just amazing that they all go to, hey, let's have somebody talk shit. So it's this, like, Hispanic guy who's just doing just, like, a terrible accent who, like, works for Jay-Z and he's, like, trying to, you know, he's talking to you, the listener, trying to orchestrate, like, a Coke deal kind of thing. Um it's just, it's just silly, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, you know. They put the CD in. It's like, it's like, yeah, man, go pick up two keys for Jay Z, or he'll kill you faster than a rabbit can fuck. Yes, that's exactly the threat that he is given. It's un- faster than a rabbit can fuck. You'll be dead. So, there you have it. Don't fuck with Jay Z. Anywho, the song "Can't Knock the Hustle" kind of kicks in. Um, You know, and it's it starts off with what I can really only describe as a lot of the stuff that Jay Farrow does when he impersonates Jay Z. You know, all that little like yeah, huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just like it's it's that. It's just and it's it's just funny to me. You know, and again, this is one of those you know for me never really diving into the albums of these guys. You know, I I know I know them you know, through other mediums, you know, unfortunately I've seen Jay Farrow impersonate Jay-Z as thousand times. And when, when it, when it happens on the album and it's the first time I'm hearing it on the album, it's like, Oh my God, the guy was right. Cause Jay Farrow is doing a perfect impersonation of him. It's good stuff. Um, so when he gets into the verses, uh, he, he changes his tempos and his flows, which is, which is kind of cool. It's kind of nice, you know? Um, you know, he just doesn't do just the same, you know, you know, you know, theme or scheme or whatever, you know, it's just, I never know what word to fucking say flow. We'll just go with that. Um, you know, he, he switches it up. You know, if, if you, if you know, you know, um, Mary J Blige appears on this track and she gets like the hook, the chorus there. So, you know, that's, that's a win. 
you know, whenever you get Mary J. Blige on there, her voice is just awesome. It's like good and like raspy in this song. She's just fucking wailing. It's awesome. Um, it's a slam dunk opener, this song, you know. Jay-Z does very, very well out of the gate. And then, like I said, you got Mary J. Blige on your fucking track. Like, you lead with that, you're going to hook everybody. So that's what it does. Um, Politics as Usual is track two. To follow it up, and they do a good job. Jay Z picks some like very interesting like sounds. Like he has like a straight like synthesizer sound on this track, and it's it's like it's out of place. Like it almost feels like it would be like you know if a bunch of like lame white dudes were trying to make rap music back in like the eighties. But it works because it's Jay Z doing it. You know, he's got a little bit more moxie and ability, and you know like a swagger about him. One of my least favorite words ever is swagger, but it, it's at you know. It's the only word that works there. So, you know, he's using a stylistic sample in this one that gives it that sound. And, you know, like, it. the feeling you get from the song is that he kind of knew, like, this album was his shot. You know, and it's just, you know, he's, you know, his star keeps rising, and that's kind of what he expects this is his new normal life, you know. He's just going to keep on getting bigger and more successful. And, well, in hindsight, yeah, he was pretty fucking right with that one. You know, he has done very well for himself, as we all know. Um, love him or hate him, the guy's got himself a fucking empire. So, yeah, he wasn't wrong. He was just going to continue to just be, you know, this, you know, f- you know, filling of the accolades and such and accomplishments. But, you know, hey, there he goes. Track three is the first time in this album that he says the word Jigga. I was always a fan of the word Jigga. Jigga who, Jigga what? That's not on this album. Um, But this one's called Brooklyn's Finest. It features an old friend of ours, the man with the bottom-rated album on this list, Notorious B.I.G., and it's just them kind of trading verses. It's just Jay-Z and B.I.G., Biggie. Jay-Z and Biggie, they're just kind of doing like a friendly little, you know, friendly little battle, going back and forth, just like such trading licks, you know, and it was basically like, Jay viewed it as this, you know, a built, you know, like, like, boom, I can, I can hang with Big, because Biggie was, you know, like, he, he had already made it at that point, you know, and, you know, for Jay to go toe-to-toe with him and keep up with him, not only did he keep up with him, as we've said, uh, you know, in a previous episode, I'm not a huge you know fan of notorious big nor do i believe he is anywhere near the top of you know rap's ability i don't get it um so jay-z honestly kind of fucking smoked him on this track it really wasn't even a contest um just to be fair sorry i mean that's 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 the way i saw it so moving on dead presidents is track four that is the first single that gets released off of this um you know, just fucking, in case you were wondering, dead presidents means money. Hmm? See that? Get it? Because they're on the, yeah, you knew what the fuck it meant. All right. Uh, in this, you get to hear that Jay-Z's pretty much, he's always had money. He didn't get into the rap game for money. Um, you know, but he's he is very happy that he can stop dealing drugs and, you know, make this money legally. You know, but he didn't need the money. He already had the money. You know, this is not a deep song. Um, 
My issues with most rap music is that it lacks a lot of substance. And this is one of those examples. You know, it's... If it wasn't like the 40th song that's about money, it's just it's just strange that, you know, like, it's... It's just, it's just, it's just empty. These songs, some of these songs, just become empty because you know when you're just, you know, just, just you know, money and fucking cars, and it's just like, yeah, I, I get it. It's just like it's you're you're just naming the shit that you bought. It's just, it's, you know, it ceases to have its meaning of any you know significance to me. But again, that's just me, you know. But you know, song had a pretty decent flow, context, and lyrics, not so much. Uh, number five, Feeling It, which is the fourth single off of this album, which I don't know why it was released as a single. So we've started this out with three pretty good songs, only to go into number four kind of being a dud just because it lacked any sort of, you know, meat. And then this Feeling It song featuring a woman named Mecca. Mecca should not have appeared on this album. Mecca's voice is, it, it, by the time she's finishing every line, it's, it, you almost think it's like a 13 year old boy singing and it's just a very bizarre voice and it's not pleasant and it's just, it just sounds like just a lazy rap song. It's just really just fucking just lazy as shit. It just, it just did not do shit for me. So that's two in a row, just kind of swinging a miss there, Jay. Um, number six. Now this song is spelled D apostrophe E V I L S. Looks like devils, but nope, folks. It's D evils, as in like the evils, the evils, D evils. Um, this song has a really good line in it, and I'm gonna read that to you. It's nine to five is how you survive. I ain't trying to survive. I want to live it to the limit and love it a lot. It's a great line. His lifestyle, he treated as a sacred thing. But the evils of that lifestyle is what you acquire and keep with you. You know, like you'll always kind of be this like tainted person. It's weird that he's saying it now because I'm pretty sure he's gotten over most of that shit. Or at least he ain't talking about it anymore, as far as I know. Then again, why am I so, yeah, why am I making that assumption? I don't buy the guy's fucking albums. I don't listen to him. I don't know what the fuck he's singing about now. Um, you know, who knows? Yeah, maybe he still feels the same way. But nonetheless, he, you know, for this, you know, hustler, you know, lifestyle that you get, you know, you got to do some bad shit and that's what stays with you. You know, but that's kind of what makes it special because it ain't for everybody. That sort of thing. Um, track seven, 22 twos. No fucking idea what the title means. And he says it in the song, and I'm like, I, nah, I no fucking clue what it means. Um, there's like a skit, sort of, at the beginning. They're like in a club, and some, some woman's just talking. And he just gets called up to do a freestyle because the chick recognizes him and she's just like praying him and all, you know, just, just praising him. You know, yo, we got the new album. Come on up here, you know, put your champagne down. Let's go. Come on baller and all that. So he does a little shout out to tribe called quest. Another artist featured on our countdown. 
uh, for the song, Can I Kick It? And he goes back and forth with the crowd. You know, can I kick it? Yes, you can. That's it. Um, you know, so he, he he does a couple verse. You know, each one's unique, pretty good. You know, and it's just, you're like, all right, cool. Like, 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 like you're just starting to get into the song, and then all of a sudden it's fucking over, and they go back to the goddamn skit, and it's the same woman who starts going off on a rant about like how black people need to rise up and start businesses and, you know, form a community and, and you know, make progress and all that. And some dude just yells from the crowd, shut the fuck up. And then she has him ejected. And then that's, that's, that's the end of it. It was such a fucking weird thing to sandwich around what was, f- I feel like an incomplete song. It was, I, I feel like, like, like one more verse might've, might've really nailed it home. The part that was on there, though, musically, was good. It was just the goddamn, the whatever the nightclub theme, motivational speaker spat was. I, it was bizarre, absolutely bizarre. Um, yeah, just totally fucking weird. All right, so track number eight, "Can I Live?" Wasn't a fan of the trumpet loop on this one. It's just, I don't know. I, I find the trumpet pleasing sometimes. This was not one of those times. Uh, the verses weren't particularly good either on this song. He attempts a sort of like offbeat approach, like where I, you know instead of, instead of like like starting on the you know like being in line with the bass, you know hitting your you know bump bump bump. You know it's it's sort of but 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 I I don't know I can't do it. You'd have to listen to the goddamn song. You know I think that's the point here. We're supposed to be sharing music together, guys. I hope you're listening to this shit. So, um, yeah, it was just thumb thumbs down on that song. It just it was it was weird. It was it didn't. I couldn't figure out what the fuck he was trying to accomplish with how he was delivering his verses. It just sounded fucking goofy. Um, so that was track eight. Can I live? Yeah, you can live, but not by listening to that fucking song. Uh, number nine. The second single released. Now, this song I remember. The title of the song contains that word that I stated many times throughout this podcast. I will not say and is a readily used term in rap songs. That will be the N-word. So the name of this song is Ain't No N-Word. You know what that really means, okay? The second single. Uh, This is a party song. You know, remember it, remember it when it came out, you know, you hear the people, you know, house parties, things like that. Heard it in the bars a couple years later a lot, you know, um, songs featuring Foxy Brown. Now, I always had a thing for Foxy Brown because she was just like this badass, just, you know, like she, you know, she, you know, look good in a dress, but, she, you know, beat the shit out of you. And that was cool. Like, that was cool. You know, you know, not a bad way to go. Not getting the shit beat out of you by, a, you know, just some, you know, hot woman in a leather dress. It's awesome. Sounds great. Um, this is the most energetic song on the album. It's got like a real kicking thick, like, you know, boom, boom, you know, just like thump you out from the bottom bass line. Real funky beat, real tight, you know, just the chorus is super catchy. But because of the title of the song, my white ass cannot sing along with it. You know, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it is, it's, it's, it's a good song. I mean, it's probably, 
It's one of the two best songs on the album, I think. I think that it's tied with something that's come it's coming up coming down the coming down a little bit. But the uh Yeah. Ain't ain't no ain't no N word. Second single. Yeah. It was a good one. I don't know what they ha- I wonder how they handled the the whole the N word thing back then in ninety six. They weren't they weren't allowed to throw that word around. And they were still trying to lock NWA up for for what the N stood for after they asked and that's that's the only reason they even said it um but you know nonetheless it worked it was a good song foxy killed it always had a thing for foxy well done jay uh number 10 friend or foe interesting song all right and he's starting to kind of win me back a little bit on the album here um because he had a couple in there just you know the can i live the the you know track four five l Eight, you know, I like did I like the evils. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good one. I don't think I ever established that, but anyway, on to number ten. Yeah, friend or foe. It's there's like there's like a couple like dealers that are like getting ready to kind of like make a move on Jay Z and take him down. I guess is like the little mini skit in the beginning, and then you got. You know, Jay Z just kind of starts. He starts doing a verse over a beat, but it's like he's talking to this dude who's approaching him, and he's trying to get a read on him. You know, like he just can't figure out whether or not he's a friend or a foe. Hence the fucking title, friend or foe. Um, you know, the, his flow in this song, it's like more conversational. I kind of like I compare it to kind of like what like when Eminem's doing his eight mile freestyles at the end, like when he finally lights up. The, the fucking the free world crew like Papa Doc and them, he he finishes some lines where it's almost like the re- like the words come out so effortlessly it just sounds like he's talking and it barely like he's like it's like he's not he doesn't have to force it against the beat it just works the way he's talking he's like that locked into the beat behind him that he just has to speak you know and this entire thing does that and it's not a long song i think it's like it's under two minutes i believe or right around two minutes um but i kind of feel like eminem like heard this song and was and took cues from it i hear some of the things i hear from eminem in this song when jay-z's doing it and this came before eminem not by much but it did you know, so I just that's that's just me. That could be completely false. I have no idea, but it just seems like that to me. So friend or foe, after ain't no n word. Now we're starting to win me back a little bit. All right, and they keep it up. This is the other song that I think I is probably my favorite. This one's called Coming of Age. It's got this sick piano, and then just like this like other like electric piano like laying on top of it. This little intro loop. It's got this like nice quick sizzly hi hat going, you know. And it's just, it, Jay's got he's got his energy back up. So you've got like two out of the last three songs where he's got like this really up good intense energy, and he's just you know he's going for it. It's really really cool. Um, then there's this dude called Memphis Bleak. I feel like I've heard of him before, but I'm probably full of shit. I don't know. I'm just trying to sound like I'm fucking, you know, learned. Uh, he takes verse two, and the song doesn't fucking slow up at all. This dude's verse was just as good as Jay-Z's, which is cool, but I'm probably, you know, going to be correct in assuming this dude doesn't have a bunch of other really sick-ass verses like Jay-Z, um, you know, has put on this album. So... Yeah, they do that. Verse three, they just they they 
they do a nice little back and forth. It's really just, it's just a delightful fucking song. You know, it's cool. It's just, it's just, it's, a, it's just, it, they got a good beat and they got just two dudes just fucking tearing it up, spitting mean fucking verses. Really, really nice. The following track of number 11 is number 12. You got Cashmere Thoughts. Uh, this is the second song that I hear him say Jigga in. I may have missed some Jiggas, but definitely heard it in this one. Um, just, you know, always, again, always got to kick out of that word. Uh, it's a solid brag track about how smooth the dude is. You know, his style gets chicks, got money, does this, does that. Guy's awesome. You know, about 25% of rap songs are written about how, you know, how much... You know how much ass these guys acquire. It's pretty nice. It's good of them to let us know. Track number 13, Bring It On. We're coming down, winding it to the home stretch. It starts off with 35 seconds of guys talking shit and shooting pool. And then either... It's just two, two people on this track. I don't know who the fuck either one of them are, so I couldn't tell them apart. So you got Big Jazz and Sauce Money. One of them does this like little verbal, you know, just like spoken word intro thing and then kicks in on a verse. And to be completely honest with you, I had to look and double check who the guests were on this album because it sounded exactly like Nas. So this motherfucker was just doing like a Nas impersonation is the only way I can describe what the dude sounded like because he sounded like Nas. But like. You know, not 100%. It was like 98%. It was like, but like he was just trying to. It was fucking weird. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just incidental. I don't know. Maybe it's not cool to say you sound like another dude. But yeah, it was just four minutes of just not not very good rapping. Kind of a letdown. Thought we were bouncing back. But we got one more song. It's oddly called Regrets. Because from my standpoint, motherfucker had some regrets on this album. Uh, this track just it reviews his success throughout his life behind the background or in front of the background of this pleasant little electric piano. It's like nice, like flowy, like kind of beat, you know. Yeah. Nothing crazy up tempo. Which is weird because it's the last song on the album. And for some reason I thought maybe go out with a bang. Some of these albums go out with a bang. But that's that's not what it is. That's not what happens. You know? And uh Yeah. It's a nice song. I don't know that I would have ended with that. Maybe end with coming of age. But I guess regrets is probably the best title to have to anchor an album but you know hey what do i know um yeah not my album not my problem and that's it guys 14 tracks on this one it's jay-z's reasonable doubt 14 track album it's in the books all right we've broken it down we've assessed we've done our thing guys So I guess the real question is, where the hell does it rank, right? Where does this album rank amongst our essential 10 
now that we have 10. been waiting for this, guys. I'm excited. Again, thank you for coming on this journey with me. So if we're gonna if we're gonna insert this anywhere, I think I know exactly where I have to put it. Okay. So again, coming counting down number ten in our one hundred percent complete essential rap album countdown, top ten list, whatever you want to call it. The new reviews. We finished the first segment, guys. We did it. Number ten, ready to die by notorious BIG in the bottom spot. Just ahead of that, Marshall Mathers LP by Eminem coming in at number nine. Dr. Dre's The Chronic. Two perfect songs. Bunch of shit all around it. Number eight. And that brings us to our newest review. Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt. I'm going to throw it in at number seven. It's definitely better than The Chronic. It is not better than Straight Outta Compton. Nonetheless, seven, not bad. For, for, for the one artist on this list that I really just wasn't even excited about listening to. For me to have put him at seven, trust me, it's a reach for me. And of course, after number seven, we have NWA at number six, straight out of Compton. Public Enemy, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back at number five. Nas, Illmatic, number four. Enter the 36 Chambers, the Wu-Tang Clan at number three. All Eyes on Me by Tupac at number two. And of course, my favorite of the essential rap albums. The one that I've listened to a lot since starting this low end theory by tribe called quest what can we say guys this has been fun trying to keep busy trying to do this stuff it's cool to know that anyone listens so by all means if you guys have other people that like podcasts uh do spread the word you know um i do what i can again i'm sorry for the the spacing between you know Right when you're about to forget that the damn thing even exists, go shitty. Put another episode out. Yeah, so I promise I will. I will. I will. I will attempt to do better. A lot going on here at the at the White House, and in in life, but you know we'll do our best. All right. New Year's resolution: be more efficient with episodes. All right. I'll make that one right at midnight on the thirty first. So yeah, that's our list, guys. Uh, stay tuned and try and get a little. Hopefully get a little Christmas thing out there for you. But just in case that blows out up in my face, because uh, it is middle of December. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. And again, thank you so much. Uh, like, follow, share, spread the word, review if you can. I got to look into that, getting reviews. If you have suggestions, you know, hit me up on social media or on Twitter. That's it. We'll go to Facebook one day. Who knows? That's all. I'll catch you guys next time. On the next new review. Marcy, Brooklyn, Actions. Well, y'all know the actions. I got the shorty on my block, always clocking my rocks He likes the style of profile, I think he wanna mock He likes the way I walk, he see my money talking The honey's talking, I'm the hottest nigga in New York And I see his hunger pains, I know his blood boils He wanna run with me, I know this kid'll be loyal I watched him make a few ends, to cop his little sneakers and gear Then it's just enough for re-up again I see myself in his eyes, I move from Levi's The guest of Versace, now his diamonds like Liberace That's just a natural cycle, nobody wanna be 
like Michael where I'm from Just them niggas who bounce from a gun We out here trying to make our white into cold green I can help shorty blow out like Afro Sheen Plus I can relive my days in mute which is gone That little nigga's peeps, it's time to put them on They hold my own weight up in my crown Got to lock it down and when they run Stand my ground Stick up my chest and make some loot Got to lock it down and when they run